You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. It's long and This is the capital. We have a little problem with our infancy peaks, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. Got a bad feeling about this. Well, just put the cowboy, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Well, welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast tonight. We are going to be sharing with you an interview that we did uh, with Sharon from Farpoint. She is a co-con chair, as you'll hear in just a moment. And uh, so we are going to be sharing the interview with you. Tonight, Miles and M are not joining us. M had some router issues, and Miles decided that he was going to have some class somewhere. So you are listening to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode... Oh, let me scroll down through. This is episode 194, and you're going to be hearing an interview that we did this afternoon with Sharon from Farpoint, and she's going to talk about a little bit about herself, but really kind of how Farpoint got launched. You're going to find her experience. She'll give you a rundown of this year's 2014 Farpoint, and if you are coming, please let us know because we... Miles, M, and David Moulton, who's been on the podcast before. We're all going to be at Farpoint hanging out throughout the weekend, and we want to see you there. So let us know on Facebook.com backslash Sci-Fi Diner Podcast if you are coming, because we would love to see you. All right, we'll catch you on the flip side. Enjoy the interview. Diner Podcast with me on the line. I have Sharon uh, Zamblarkham, who is the co-chair at Farpoint, co-con chair, excuse me, at Farpoint, the Farpoint Con that's coming up mid-February. Sharon, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us here at the diner. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. Dude, it's been it's been good just getting to know you over the past couple of years that we've been at Farpoint, and uh, I can't wait. In a moment, we're going to hear a little bit about your Farpoint background. But wow, just uh, it's really good to chat with you again. Oh, I appreciate it. You uh, you guys have come down from, like you said, for the past few years, and and really participated because at Farpoint, one of the things we like to do, and it's it's really our mission, is to. <clears throat> Other fans, what fan, people in the fan community are doing with their talents and with all the new technology that's out there. We have a dedicated track for new media and new media artists, so we like to feature podcasters and filmmakers and webcomic artists and publishers and all the, all the you know, just wonderfully creative uh, people out there in the fan community that are sharing their talents with the world through the home technology that's available nowadays because, you know, back in the day it started out as people writing their original stories and publishing them themselves through the mail and through Xerox and mimeographs and, and, and now it's evolved all the way up to just putting it out to share with the world on, on, on electronically through the web. And it's an amazing progression to see. And, and and podcasters like Sci-Fi Diner Podcasts really are, you know, just the next generation from what started back in the '70s with people sharing their original science fiction and Star Trek stories. Yeah, you see- and I did want to I did want to point out real quick to, for all your listeners is that you guys we are planning for you guys to record a live podcast at at the convention. So we're very excited about that because this will be one of our first live podcast recordings. Yeah, we're still uh, working out the details on that. I think that initially they were talking about us doing it kind of in the atrium area there, but they mm-hmm. were worried that that would be like 
too much background noise. And so I don't I don't know what? exactly. We're going to kind of we still we're yeah, still figuring you it out. You definitely have some ambiance. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do. Well, you always do whenever you record at a con, especially uh, we've done interviews just on the con floor with different Star Trek authors and then you always have the people walking by, the people saying hi, the the background and and there's a part of being at a con that that's just that's just part of the experience. It's so. part of the energy, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, well, Sharon, for our listeners that uh, our listeners have never met you, many of them, some of them have because some of them come to Farpoint um, and may not know you by name, but uh, probably have run into you, especially if they have come. Uh, so let's find out just a little bit about you. Uh, can you give us a little bit about your background in? Uh, since this is a science fiction podcast, your background in science fiction and fantasy. I mean, how did you get into it? Well, ever since I was, I really, I was a child when I started becoming interested in it because when I was, oh my goodness, I'm really young. I was seven years old or a little bit older, and my, my aunt would, be, would watch my, my sister and I uh, before and after school while my mother was working, and our next older cousin was in charge of making sure we got to school and home, and he would rush us home from school every day to catch the tail to catch the tail end of Ultraman, and then uh, Dark Shadows afterward. So <laughs> I was kind of, depending upon your point of view, I was being from the start or, yeah. or or immersed from the start, and of course I grew up very frightened of vampires. Needless to say, for the longest time, my, my growing up nightmares were of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and then it, it just always stayed with me. I loved Batman growing up, so I, you know, I loved the Batman TV show and the superheroes. And it, and then as I got older, it kind, of, it kind of went quiet for a little bit, but then when I was in college, I just, you know, you, you get exposed to, you know, more diversity of science fiction and science fiction literature and then, of course, the big uh, kaboom happened when I was a teenager with Star Wars and, and that whole generation coming up. And I, I eventually heard about the conventions. And one day I heard that there was one in um, Alexandria, Virginia. I live in Maryland. And so I, I said, well, you know, I'll go up for a day and see what it was. It was a creation con. Don't hold, you know, some people hold that against you. Oh, they shouldn't. But it, was, it, was a, it was a good introductory experience, definitely. And, yeah. and, and for a while there, creation was, the, you know, is, it's still a fairly big name, and it was the big name for conventions coming up, coming closer to your local hometown. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that was a that was a very good convention because Gene Roddenberry was speaking at it. That was one of the reasons I wanted to go see it. Oh wow! And you, and, and you got to see him speak then. Yeah. Nice. And so it was. It was a, yeah. It was a good. It was a good event. And there is where I you know I bought some of my first uh, cool memorabilia. I got a a copy of the um, Star Trek Concordance by D. Joe Trimble and. I learned about other conventions because there were, uh, you know, with all conventions, there was other literature out. And I learned about other conventions, and somehow I convinced my husband to take me to the next year's, it was the very first October Trek convention, uh, that next year, and it was an anniversary present for, or actually, no, a birthday present for me. (laughs) And so off we went, and, and that's where I started meeting uh, people who, uh, the same people who ran October Trek, many, most of them migrated over and formed the Farpoint Convention, and I started working there from the very first, uh, the last October Trek as a helper and a staff member, and, and then when Farpoint was formed, I came over as a programming chair for Farpoint, which I did for several years, and uh, I was invited by uh Stephen Renee Wilson. Uh, Steve, of course, was the uh, founder of Farpoint, and Renee, his wife, was uh, one of the first program chairs. And then she invited me along for the ride. <laughs> and, and away you went. <laughs> I did. Away I went. I was programming chair until uh, Steve decided to step down as con chair, and then I became con chair with uh, Sandra Zier-Teitler who is my very, very, very trusted and able and necessary <laughs> uh, second half. 
because it really almost is to, to be a con chair, you really do need uh, a left hand and a right hand almost because Sandy handles uh, the interactions with the hotel and the hotel contract, and I handle the financial side of it. So my part of the job is working with the, um, the agents and booking the guests and managing the money. And it really is a two-person show just because the responsibility is, 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 fair, is, is large because you have a, a fairly big, a big event that people are wanting. You know, oh, yeah. wanting and looking forward to, and and especially our fan members, they're spending their hard-earned money to come. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you definitely, you know, so it's 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 kind of they're trusting us with their money to give them a good show, and we you know we take that very seriously. And so just having the support of uh, uh, a second convention chair, and then of course an awesome committee, is the best. You know, it's for us, it's the best way to make it happen. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, so you've been involved from you've been been involved with all twenty far points. Is that correct? Yes. And then uh, now this year is what the twenty first. It is far yeah. point is legal. <laughs> yeah, it can now drink. No, but, um, <laughs> you know it's, that's fascinating. Just to just to hear your story of how you got into. You mentioned that you also. Um, as you, you, you kind of want to be also mentioned some literature that you were reading. Uh, was there any books that kind of also helped define you in the whole, uh, kind of settle you in the whole science fiction fantasy realm? Oh, definitely. I absolutely loved Isaac Asimov's story. And he was one of the first authors I read. And then I just kept on reading everything I could lay my hands on of his. And so I've got a fairly substantial, you know, collection of his writings. Of course, I loved his robot uh, series and foundation series as well. And um, and then even I have a, a one of his, the first book of essays of his that I read. I, I just, you know, I kind of laughed my way through it. And then I was really jealous when I met uh, Marty Gear, who, of course, uh, left us last year. Yeah. Very sorely missed. But he had actually had the chance to meet Isaac Asimov in person at a Worldcon when he was a teenager, and I'm just sitting, I'm listening to his story, just going, "Oh, I'm so jealous! I'm so jealous!" Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I, I love Robert Heinlein, and just that I, I tend to go toward the writers who have a more hopeful view of of the future. It's not that there's not problems for the future, but just you know, the the dark apocalyptic stuff is not quite just not quite my thing maybe because i'm just an, an optimist at heart personally but I, I i look for the 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 at the outreach i love that science fiction and fantasy always looks forward, mm. it, looks it, forward it, and look and looks for ways that you know looks for how you know not only just technology can improve but how people can improve mm. in the future because because Mankind evolves, and I firmly believe that. And people evolve, and technology evolves, and that's how how you learn and grow. Because that's I, that's how you you become a better person is by you know working and learning and and growing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, maybe that's uh, I assume probably that's some of the reason that you tapped into. Wanted to see Gene Roddenberry, and I assume, obviously, if you want to see Gene Roddenberry, that means that you you have some background in Star Trek, and Star Trek very much maintained that hopeful view of the future, for the most part. Yes, I yeah, it definitely I definitely resonated with me um, as as uh, when I first you know when first seeing it and first growing up, and of course my first real exposure to Star Trek, like many of us, was not not the original series run, but, but, you know, when they started showing it in reruns. Right. And, and then of course you realize when you finally see, when I finally saw the unstripped episodes, you know, because for, for syndication, they would, you know, strip out, strip out little bits, uh, to squeeze in the, squeeze in that extra commercial. <laughs> and, and that's when I, you know, when I really just enjoyed <clears throat> right. excuse me, seeing that's, uh, seeing uh, the vision and, and definitely the, the the hopefulness and and just the evolution because it's I, like I said it's just one of those things that I personally feel that people you know you have to learn and you have to grow 
or or you just you're just you're just living. You're not you're not you're not really experiencing life if you don't really push push your push push your own boundaries and encourage others to push theirs. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, today, if we were, if we were, if you, I'm going to ask you, what sort of science fiction and fantasy are you into today? I mean, do you have time to watch anything besides working the con? <laughs> <laughs> Not right um, now, maybe. But <laughs> I do. I do. I enjoy quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of it. I'm really, and I'm I'm actually surprising myself because at first I am actually loving The Walking Dead, and I didn't think I would because it's kind of that dark apocalyptic. Yeah, uh, you're kind of going I, against your I, own creed. I, I, I thought I didn't like, but watching it, and I don't know if I would like the comic because I've, I've tried the comic and it's a, it's a little too unrelenting for me. It's a very, very, it's a huge ride. But on on the television show, I guess the visual, the visuals, and the 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 live character interaction helps me. You know, helps me understand and get a picture for that world, mm. and 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 they do. You know, there's there's little moments of light and hopefulness in there. Well, I mean, I they survive. Really... I mean, they're surviving, right? So that's that's yes. hopeful. So, and I think the other thing that I up liking I, or I've developed I developed liking for is I love stories of political intrigue and things like that. And there's a heck of a lot of that. You know, along with the, you know, just the, the changes in the apocalyptic society and people, you know, trying to figure out where they belong and where, you know, what's going on. And there's there's a lot of just, you know, political intrigue and, and, and you know, people working with each other or trying to work with each other or trying to outmaneuver each other. And those, and I am fascinated by those kind of things. So I, mm. I enjoy definitely. And yes, I'll close my eyes at some of the more squeamish zombies. Yeah. Right. But I'm enjoying the heck out of that. And and I surprised myself. I'm I'm loving Sleepy Hollow as well, for some of the same reasons. And of course, that's a little more straightforward, classic good and evil. But the characters are very nuanced. They're, the good guys aren't all good, and the bad guys. Yeah, most of them are pretty bad, except for the ones that, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, but some of the guys that are on the, quote, bad side were kind of like captured in a moment of weakness, and you see their regrets at some of their life choices mm. through their characters. And so it makes, it gives it it's a very interesting dimension. And, oh, and of course, <clears throat> my daughter and I love Once Upon a Time. Okay. And <laughs> because it's, it's just because... I'm a Disney fanatic, and, right. and and so I enjoy seeing you know this these very intelligent and interesting twists on on classic fairy tale characters because fairy tales are fairly straightforward. You're good and you're bad, right? <laughs> and and the princess always needs rescuing. So I do enjoy the, the how the show turns that on its ear. And then of course I do have to. I, another reason I enjoy it is because. Uh, Lee Ehrenberg, who plays Grumpy, has become uh, a very dear friend of not only my own, but of Farpoint Convention. He's been to the convention twice, and he's just a, a really great guy. And he has, over the years, he has become, agreed to become one of the, uh, a celebrity representative for uh, Farpoint Convention's official charity, the Julian Fleming Memorial Fund. And so we just have, you know, all these all these lovely little connections that you can make through through being an through fandom, and and meeting and talking to people. So so we just, you know, we have we all we all have a good time together. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you uh, did you have a chance to connect with Laurie Holden at all because of The Walking Dead? Um. I'm sorry. I, I, I you, you faded out there. Oh, for I'm a sorry. Moment, did but. you have a Did you have a chance to connect at all with Laurie Holden because of The Walking Dead? I know she was yeah, at Farpoint. Yeah, yeah, she, she was. We were one of her very first uh, uh, convention appearances, which we were really honored that she chose us because um, it's coming onto the convention circuit for the first time can be a very big deal for people. Oh yeah, for, for actors and not knowing what to expect and. Laurie was absolutely a, a, just a lovely, lovely person, and she, um, we, we had some good visits with her. She was telling us that the studies she is, um, she's been studying over the last few years, I believe at Columbia University or one of the New York universities, uh, on human rights issues, because that's one of her passions, and mm. just hearing, hearing, and all of our guests, 
whether they're the celebrity actor or the authors or the scientists, it's 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 very interesting to hear, you know, just or just to have a few a few moments to visit with them to hear what what they're about beyond what you see on the screen or on the page, and so that's one of the one of the uh, privileges that that we that I've had over the, over the over the years just having a few moments to talk and visit with people. And, and, and Laurie was an absolute sweetheart, but we're actually very, very lucky and blessed to have a really good working relationship with, um, with uh, the agent that we booked Laurie through because she, uh, she's been our agent for quite a few years. It's Erin um, Gray and her team at Heroes for Hire, and they, they know us. They know the type of guests that we like to have at Farpoint because far, we, we're not the biggest convention, but we give people the best experience with all of our guests because you do get a chance to stop and, and do more than just say, could you sign this, please? Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. And, and <clears throat> so we're big enough to be big, but we're small enough to be able to allow, you know, uh, a, a nice interactive experience, and, and, and the team of Heroes for Hire recognizes that. Right. And so they they steer they they steer guests toward us who 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 are who want to want to visit with the fans as much as the fans want to visit with them. Yeah, absolutely. And so we so we've been very lucky in that regard. And and Aaron actually uh, recommended us to Laurie as a good first convention experience because before that Laurie had only been to, if I remember correctly, the a big Comic Con type of experience because. You know, most of the actors on the big shows, that's part of their, you know, their work requirements is you will make these publicity appearances at, like, San Diego Comic-Con or Dragon Con or New York Comic-Con. Yeah. And that's a totally different, it's a wonderful, crazy experience, but it's totally different. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there's, there's so little interaction with the actual people that go to the con. I mean, you sit up in front of a panel, you answer questions, and you really don't field many questions from the audience and... That's it. You may have a signing table. You may not. So. Well, it's you know, and then for, it's the logistics of something that large. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, and the safety of everyone involved. No, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Um, so it's, it's an amazing experience on its own, but it's, it's very different from what we're able to offer being being a thousand people or less. Now, I wanted to jump back just a little bit. You mentioned how you went from the October TrekCon and you moved into Farpoint. <laughs> from that, you kind of followed a. Uh, uh, Steve Wilson and his wife over and began working Farpoint the very first time. Uh, what made you say, you know what, I want to I want to help these guys out and do Farpoint? What kind of uh, was in you that kind of said, you know, I, this is something I'm really in, think I would enjoy? Oh, it was the people definitely when um, when it when when our group when we were October Trek and of course we were in October. Uh, just my very first fan run conventions, you. The people were just so nice, and and they were generous with what they knew about conventions. If you, you know, told you know told them, and we try to carry that spirit down through the years. If you mention to someone that this is your first event experience, uh, the first response you'll get is, "Oh, how are you liking it? Are you having a good time? What can I help you with?" And it led me to want to just be a helper because we do. Uh, most family-run conventions do offer and look for just volunteer helpers willing to donate an hour or two at a time, and that's what I did. I, you know, donated a couple hours and worked at their information desk at October Trek, and I also helped with timing rooms. You'll see people, uh, someone walking around monitoring the program rooms, make sure things are moving along and there's no issues, and holding up the five minutes left signs. <laughs> yeah, they need to be held up. And, yeah, and um, and that's what I started doing, and I started meeting people. And I had had a little bit of, at that time, professionally, um, event planning and activity experience because I had worked at the time for a trade association uh, that all that was regularly arranging events for our members. And and so I, I did mention that uh, to to Renee Wilson when I was helping assisting her when she was program chair, and she saw that and went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps perhaps we have 
perhaps we have a gullible person who would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd like to think I'd like to think I was competent enough to be right. invited to take that next step because that's usually where we find our best staff members is from our volunteer helpers, and because it's it, you know volunteering as a helper gives gives the committee and staff a chance to get to know you and know your abilities. And you get to know to know to know us as a as a staff and committee, whether you know you like the way we do things because because that's that's oftentimes part of the fit because when you come on as a volunteer or staff member you're entering an or you know an already running organization so it gives volunteering gives you a chance to learn how we do things and if how we do things is a good fit for you yeah. as as someone you want to help because. Everyone has their own way of doing things, and that's not to say we don't. You know, you don't evolve over the years. You get ideas from people, from people that you meet, or or from what you've read and learned. But mm. as you, uh, you know, you fit new ideas into what you're currently doing, and it, it's part of the the you know the growing experience we were talking about. Right. But um, we get our best, you know, best staff and can and, and eventually future committee members from the ranks of our volunteer helpers, from people that we know that we know will work hard and are willing to, you know, share their time with us because none of us get paid for doing it. We get paid in satisfaction. Right. Because, um, because the, we, we, every, every single person from myself on down, we volunteer. Uh, we pay our staff dues for the convention to support some of the infrastructure because there's, you know, for every single person, there's, you know, what I call the infrastructure of the convention that involves, you know, printing out programs and schedules and badges, and and just the infrastructure to put on a on the convention, the the, the facilities in the ballroom that the hotel provides, and some of them we rent out, and we've been very lucky to uh, to just coordinate over the years a team that is very generous of both their time and talents because the, the, the team that works our uh, tech, technical side of the house, they, for pennies on the dollar, they provide us with, you know, wonderful large plasma screens and, 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 and lights and, and just in the sound and everything. And they bring what they have and share what they have and in return don't do not ask for a lot. And, it enables us to put on a very high-quality show for not as much money as you would think. And it's a very rare thing because visiting other conventions, <clears throat> you see what they do, and then several times I've been asked, well, how do you guys at Farpoint get those, have those really good quality lights and, and the really nice big screens? And I'm, because, you know, the other convention says, we tried to look at how much that would cost, and it just cost us a bloody fortune. Yeah. To rent all of that things and and the people behind it and I tell them we 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 have very good friends and that's right. the only way to describe it right. and 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 it's really it's really wonderful to see people willing to share what they do and what they know professionally with us as you know just as a as a weekend event yeah absolutely so, so I so yeah. I count blessings every time every time I do have to we do have to cut checks to you know to reimburse some of these some of these rentals but like I said we get deals for pennies on, on the dollar what it would what it would re- really cost and I just count blessings every single time that's awesome that's awesome that people are willing to do that for the con because they believe in the con experience and the ones that, especially the one that you guys have provided at Farpoint um, yeah it really it really is it really is just it, it, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful you know extended family feel and and we've been able to develop that you know over you know just 20 now 21 years of experience and and just just in, in the Baltimore Washington and down into northern Virginia and up in Pennsylvania that corridor just has a very very active extended fandom family and 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 people and fandom is you hear it and I've been I've been blessed to see it fandom is the people in fandom are just some of the most generous in the world yeah absolutely they'll give you the shirt off their yeah. back yeah well, you see that some uh, you see that come through in so many ways, and uh, 
Well, uh, the charity drive that you guys do Friday nights is just uh, just one of the ways that people not only pay to come to the con, but then they pay additionally to uh, give out and support charities and and help out in ways, any ways that they can. So they can, and it's really, it's really, it's amazing. And this year's charity auction is going to be pretty cool because uh, I mentioned earlier Marty Gear, who was our charity auction uh, head. passed away uh, in 2013, and he will be sorely missed. Um, I don't want to say luckily, but in, for planning purposes, luckily for us, he had already decided to step down as our charity auction chair, so we were already transitioning before he left us, and so we did lose his background knowledge, but we, we were not, you know, we, we had, we've had time a year to plan for uh, transitioning over and our our new charity auction chair people, uh, Brian Sarsanelli and Sarah Jaworski, have been doing an awesome awesome job. We're going to hopefully be publishing on on Farbook, Farpoint, uh, Facebook, excuse me, <laughs> and the Farpoint website um, some pictures of some of the really cool donations we've had this year awesome. of items coming up for auction, and it's going to it's going to be very exciting. And of course, our friends at the Julian Fleming. Memorial Fund have uh, hooked us up with some really nice donations, and of course they benefit accordingly. Since they we design, a couple of years ago we designated them as our official charity, so every year our you know charity auction funds will go to them. But we also choose a local charity each year that that will rotate to also rec- uh, receive support. And this year it's the Baltimore <clears throat> Baltimore a- Animal Rescue. Can, uh, Rescue and Care Shelter, Bart, mm. and they, of course, uh, look out for and take care of and rescue abandoned and um, abandoned and injured pets, and 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 bring them back to health and and give them, and hopefully find them new homes. Right. And 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 people people again, they're just being so generous with what they're donating for for the auction, and then turning their turning their funds around to. To make some of these purchase, these purchases, and and we do get a lot of really neat and unusual collectibles through our charity auction. So people have been able to find some really unusual items that right. one of a kind, really. Because uh, this year, Phil Lamar is donating his head, literally, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Make Artist Spat is doing a live headcast demonstration. On Saturday, um, early after, early late morning, early afternoon, and and then that that finished headcast will be auctioned off <laughs> on Saturday night uh, and at Masquerade halftime, and again as a charity item to be with the funds, the proceeds to go to the Julian Fleming Fund and Barks. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I was impressed <laughs> when you did it. Yeah, of a celebrity home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some skin cells on there somewhere, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was amazed last year you guys did that with John Billings. Or two years ago was it? Or last year you did it with John Billingsley? It was last year, and 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 John Billingsley and his wife Benita Friedrichsey are another pair of celebrity friends who are just extremely generous with their time. And, and with what they, they have and what they do. And, yes, John did the same thing. He, that was the first time we had done it. And, and, and you know, when, when we were coordinating with, with Spat, he told the track, the, the track manager for his program, Track, that, hey, I'd really love to do this, and it would be really fun if one of your celebrity guests would be willing to sit for it. And so I looked at the list, and I asked Lee Ehrenberg at first, but he pointed out that he had, he would do it, but his beard could could have gotten in the way because, of course, as Grumpy, he has the he has the, the beard. Right. And and so I said, that's a good point. So then I went to John, and John said, sure, no problem. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he, he, he's up, he's up for anything. He, he's up for anything. So. Well, I think that's the thing. It. it was really cool. That's that's the thing that when that I want to mention when you're talking about kind of how interactive the guests are. Uh, we mentioned mm-hmm. about that. Farpoint, they bring a certain type of guest. And what has impressed me so much is to see how much time the guests are willing to give people that go to the con. I mean, some cons you just, well, and you have to. If you have lines of, you know, hundreds of people lining up, you can't sit and talk for two, three, five minutes with a person. But 
But uh, many times at Farpoint, you find that you have those times where people can really interact with the guests. And the guests that you guys bring uh, are welcoming that. My One of my very first memory, Sharon, of I think it was my first Farpoint. Lee was there two times. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So that, that was, I believe that was his first visit with us. Yeah, yeah. So the first year, that was the first year the Sci-Fi Diner was at that con, and I was just impressed. Like we went to the con, and there's Lee Ehrenberg just walking around the dealer floor. You know, no entourage, mm-hmm. no anything, just kind of out there. And and he, granted, he was, li- he was. I mean, he was known kind of as the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. It was before Once Upon a Time, but he had kind of he was just very accessible to the guests. And I just think that's, that, that's such a wonderful thing about Farpoint. Well, I think it's it's the like I, I said earlier, it's the blessing of being big enough to have the resources to to invite and and bring in celebrity guests, but also being small enough that it's not a a it's not so many people that the celebrity doesn't doesn't feel uncomfortable because those large crowd experiences can be uncomfortable for those of us on the fan side just just being there. So. You can imagine how uncomfortable it is. It is opposite for the celebrity and and not even the celebrity actors, but the celebrity authors and anyone as a guest having. I mean, it's not that they don't appreciate their the people who like what they do, but it's. It, I'm sure all it, it can just be a lot of people. It's all just a lot of people. Yeah. And and being and being as we are, just. It's the atmosphere, and we don't try to do too much of anything because that's one of our philosophies is to uh, uh, show and give fans across the board. Fans are interested in so many things. Fandom has just exploded in the Internet age and, and beyond. Uh, just just uh, You say it started with Star Trek, and it really did, but it has gone so... And Star Trek has an, a, an important place, especially now that Star Trek you know, new generations with the new movies and the continuing uh, books and stories, but it's gone so far beyond that, and you want to include as much as possible from from everything that you can bring out, and and so and so we do <clears throat> we uh, the celebrities we bring are are interested in what their fans are doing. And Lee and Lee and John Billingsley and Benita Friedrichsey and pretty and Felicia Day are all people who um, who appreciate and or I shouldn't say they're not the only ones that but they especially appreciate and just get what the fandom is about and and they enjoy being a part of it and 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 we do our best. It's it's important to balance the safety of everyone concerned. The 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 guest as well as the fans because you get too many overexcited fans in in in, a, in, a, in just a hotel space and you do have to watch out for things like and it's very mundane things like traffic flow access to exits uh and just safety in general and these are things that we as organizers have to keep our eyes out for because otherwise your friendly neighborhood fire marshal and and the hotel itself is not going to be happy. <laughs> right. But uh, through, just through a lot of experience and a lot of dedicated uh, committee members, we are able to keep that nice balance of, uh, of fan access and protection of our guests and our fans. And I think, I think a lot, I've always... Uh, uh, credited a lot of that for our area of the world, the Pennsylvania, Baltimore, Washington, Northern uh, Virginia corridor. Again, this is an area of the world where people, just in general, either are are used to seeing and or interacting with well-known people because a lot of the uh, people who come to Farpoint are in the military or work with the military or work on Capitol Hill or work in just, you know, high-profile universities and science um, institutions. They're just used to seeing people who are at the top of their field and working with them and recognizing that they're, you know, they they are people as well as being someone who is very well-recognized and accomplished in their field. 
And so it's just not quite the, you know, the, the jittery, the jittery fan experience because people are just a little more laid back themselves around, you know, accomplished and well-recognized people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, and, and so that's a blessing for us. Yes, definitely is. Make sure that everyone is yeah. safe and secure and having the best time possible because otherwise it wouldn't be farpoint. No, definitely not. Well, so let's 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 come to this year's Farpoint. So Far Farpoint Twenty One just around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. Can you give us? Uh, can you give our listeners the dates of that con? It is February fourteenth, fifteenth, and sixteenth. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. President's Day weekend, as always, right. which is a fun a fun time because Sunday are, are it gives people the opportunity to come on Friday because we start. Our programming starts at 1 o'clock on Friday, and we go all the way through until 4 to 5 o'clock on Sunday. And since they don't have to rush back to work on Monday, it encourages the people who, are, who do have uh, Monday off to stay. Right. <laughs> to stay through and enjoy, enjoy the diversity of what we're offering. We're, we're planning for over 200 hours of program activities this year, as, as always, and there's a lot going on. Right, it's so be and, find, it's going to be hard for people to choose. That's right. Well, and, and plus, if they get snowed in, then they can stay there a few extra days. Shh. Oh, that's no. a bad word. No, actually, we're lucky because I mean, yeah, there's always the possibility of a little bit of snow, but being in Maryland, our part of Maryland is not the mountains. No, yeah, definitely. And so if um, and we're and our hotel being right off of the interstate, if it's a normal snow, just you know, just an inch or two. It just it in Maryland our part and it 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 just it evaporates or or, or melts with within you know twelve hours of landing right. unless it's a really really super cold snap and being right off of the interstate uh, our access to the hotel um, completely um, completely is the roads are taken care of almost immediately because it is the oh yeah state. absolutely i was just joking because i know that a few years ago <laughs> a few years oh, yeah. ago it did happen but <laughs> it does but it's like that those very rare uh, right. occasions yeah there. and and you, you can't worry about it because oh no definitely not you can't change it no you can't but let's get back to this year's to be what the weather is. right let's get back to this year's far point though uh, so we have a, so the 14th 15th 16th is the con and what is going on at the con you mentioned 200 hours of programming what's going on at the con this year that we can highlight for our listeners to kind of hey you know if you're in the area come on out what's what's oh, the draw definitely. Well, we start on Friday. Uh, we have program programs going on in our movies and media movies, TV tracks. So we'll have panel discussions all three days, talking about everyone's favorite shows. So you get a chance to come and meet other fans who like the shows and movies uh, you like, and and you get a chance to talk about what you think, what you think about what's happened, what's going to happen. On Friday, in particular, we're uh, we have uh, panel discussions on, oh, my goodness, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Definitely, uh, we've got uh, a Star Trek and a, a discussion uh, on Saturday, on Friday evening coming, and about the the, uh, tra- uh, the, the latest Star Trek movie, Into Darkness. Uh, we're going to have a look at what we think is going to happen in the Star Wars universe with, um, now that uh, Disney has, has, has absorbed um, the Star uh, Lucasfilm part of Star Wars, so that's going to be a very interesting discussion. Uh, we also have a neat little uh, kind of a retrospective. It struck us that the years 1993 to 1994, 20 years ago, was pretty much a golden age of science fiction uh, movies and television because you had um, Babylon 5, The X-Files, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, all of these still really well-loved event television shows that are now 20 years old and so we're going to have you know a talk about that um our science track is going to have some programming on friday they're going to show some some of the uh, national geographic mission to mars videos on both friday and saturday and have discussions about the videos and then also i'm very excited um we're going to have a scientist panel about is humanity uh doomed to extinction and just you know, just dis- discussing some of the real world 
implications of what is happening in our world in regard to, you know, climate change and technology and even, even you know, the sad fact that there are still wars out there in our world. And I think it'll be, I think it's going to be fascinating. And then our big centerpiece on Friday is the opening ceremonies, which start with a cocktail party at 7 o'clock that is open to everybody. Uh, there is food available at the cocktail party for an additional charge, but if you've already eaten and you just want to come and, and get a drink at the bar and visit with people, everyone's welcome. And um, our celebrity guests are going to be there. So Alan Dean Foster, Melissa McBride, and Phil Lamar will be there along with as many of our other authors and scientists and artists that we can get to come. Matter of fact, if you're, into, if you're there on Friday, and I think you're going to be... <laughs> You need to make sure you pop in. Yes, um, some of our crew will be there. I don't know if I don't know if I'm going to be there Friday, but I know that I'm not sure if Miles is going to be. But we have a we're bringing about four people this year, so someone will be there to represent. So. Yeah, cool. Um, and then of course it, it segues into our our formal opening ceremonies, which is our welcome to Far Point. We're glad you're here. Uh, part of what we do at the opening ceremonies is. Uh, present the annual Volker McChesney Award for we call it for service to fandom. It is uh, a, an award to a local fan or fan group that, in the committee's opinion, just exemplifies the spirit of, of generous, giving, active fandom. And <clears throat> it's named after Beverly Volker, who was one of our uh, the first ClipperCon and October Trek. Um, program chairs and Marion McChesney, who was the original chair of ClipperCon, which was uh, the parent convention that came, the, the progression went ClipperCon, October Trek, and then into Farpoint. So um, a lot of the members of this committee go back even beyond Farpoint's 21 years, pushing back 30, almost 30 years. Wow. And 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 it, and and so the, the award was named after them, and we donated it each year to, or presented it each year to, uh, someone who just exemplifies that spirit. Um, this year, the award Marty Gear is receiving the award posthumously. He was on the short list to receive uh, to receive it before he passed. Um, and it's always our our one rule is. We don't give it to anyone on the current committee because that's kind of you don't give it to you don't give it to yourself. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> self serving, right? <laughs> In that regard, but Marty, of course, had had stepped down from our committee, and so he was definitely on the short list to receive it. And the committee uh, voted uh, a, a few weeks ago to that he would be the recipient. Last year's recipient, of course, was um, Melissa James, who has been one of the longtime uh, chairs of the short, of our sister convention, Shore Leave. And again, it's just for people who we give it to, we try to locate, and it's not hard to find someone who just has given their time and their talents and experiences to encourage fandom and fan activities in our community, and, and not just at conventions, but in the region in general. We have so many fans and fan groups that give their time just to their community. You hear about uh, a lot of the these first League uh, Star Wars uh, clubs that are out in their community at you know parades and food drives and just helping provide awareness of needs in their own communities and being and, and it's an honor to us to be able to rec to give a thank you to these to these very generous uh, souls mm -hmm. and the opening ceremonies is where we present the award to the next um, the next recipient. And then we finish up the opening ceremonies. We'll not finish up. We have our charity a part our first live charity auction with some of our unique items. Uh, this year, we are very lucky to have celebrity one-on-one -on -one experiences donated by both Phil Lamar and Melissa McBride. So Friday's auction will include um, an auction of drinks with Phil on Saturday evening before masquerade. And then Phil and Melissa are both tentatively scheduled, and I'm pretty sure they're going. It's going to happen. We're waiting for script approval. Perform with Prometheus Radio Theater um, live on stage in in in, in um, original radio plays that the local uh, theater company creates just for Farpoint. Right. 
And, awesome. and then Friday, and then we kick that off, and Friday uh, finishes with sixth place karaoke in the atrium. We take over the whole hotel, so we're able to put things on in the atrium, and and people who are regulars know if they want to sleep during the karaoke or the dance party on Saturday, you you ask for an outside room. <laughs> right, not an inside room. So. And if you're going to the party, please take an inside room so that people who aren't going can take the outside room. Right. And, and it, wor- it works out, and our sound guys are very sensitive. They recognize that you don't turn it up, turn the sound up full blast, and, 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 and it works. And the hotel is very generous about letting us do these things because normally normally the activities in their atrium, they, they ask their, their, uh, renter, their rental groups to, to cut it at you know, midnight, 1 p.m., but because we have the whole hotel, they, we, we, they let us go until until 2 p.m. was live entertainment. Nice. Nice. Or 2 a.m. 2 a.m. I said 2 p.m. Yeah. But you know what I meant. Middle yeah, of the night. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it sounds uh, like um, it sounds like we have a sighting Farpoint in store. I know that we have that. That's And you just really ran us through Friday evening, and we have Saturday and oh, Sunday. Oh, I, I was about to say Saturday. We have full tracks of uh, children and youth events. Uh, we do we do have a dedicated track, so we we have a, uh, about 15 hours throughout the weekend of things just for children and youth. Uh, it's geared toward them, but anyone who wants to come uh, and do a we're doing who wants to be a superhero, making you know cre- create your own superhero persona and put together a little costume. We have costuming activities to help people either prepare for the ma- their masquerade on Saturday night or or learn a new, new skill for, for, to translate into a future costume. More talk, talking to authors and um, actors and fellow fans about movies and TV and books. We do have a writer's workshop on Saturday uh, and one on Sunday. That's fo- the Sunday one is focused on writing historical fiction. That Again, no extra charge just to our attendees. Just come bring what you're working on and get some pointers from our professional writers about what you're doing and, and share, share what you know and what you love with other people who do the same. And of course we have uh, panels on filmmaking and podcasting. The Farragut films are going to be there with some of their latest, um, latest, uh, latest, excuse me, latest films to show and to talk about. And one really exciting thing on Saturday, we are, last year, a local group did ask permission and they filmed a short documentary about Farpoint. And we are going to premiere that on Saturday with, nice. uh, with a question and action answer afterward. It's, it's a very nicely done little piece. And it was, it was very, and it focuses on the fan experience at Farpoint, which is what we're all about. So we were very glad to have them come. Of course, our game room on is open all day from Friday, Saturday. Not all, all day. They do close early morning hours so that they can, the people who run it, who are very dedicated, they, they need a little bit of sleep. They do. They do. <laughs> we, we let them unchain themselves. Um, and on Saturday evening, one of my favorite things, we're doing dinner and a movie. We, uh, the hotel allows people to bring, you know, their, their pizza, their sandwich from the concession stand, or they get their burger from the bar, a restaurant to carry out to go to bring it into one of the ballrooms, and uh, we set it up so that people can watch a movie and sit with their family and friends. Nice. And this year we're showing a movie that is a it, it's a I I love it. It's a tribute to the science fiction B movies of the '60s and early '70s. It's called The Lost Skeleton of Cadavra. Oh, I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. It is. Yeah. It is hysterically, it is hysterically cheesy, and so if you love that kind of stuff, you will just laugh your way through it. And um, and there's a little, couple little drinking games involved. No, <laughs> we <laughs> we had a chance and, to we had a chance to interview Larry. Uh, is it Larry Blumera that does that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we had a chance to chat with him uh, maybe a year or two ago. But oh yeah, it's it's, it's great fun. It really is, and. Um, Two of our uh, local fans, I'm not going to say who it is, but they co- they have made costumes for the two aliens, alien scientists, Lattice and Crowbar. So it will be hosted by Lattice and Crowbar on nice. Saturday night. Nice. <laughs> and then, of course, our Saturday evening masquerade. We are very much looking forward once again to a wonderful show. And uh, it is the 
we will have our, our array of author and a guest actor judges, both Melissa and Phil, are planned to, um, to uh, judge. Nice. And, and, we, uh, and, and we are also welcoming uh, ninja, uh, ninjas, the stage ninjas, the next generation. <laughs> nice, yep. So it will be fun, and I think one of the most interesting things on Saturday will be I'm I'm, I'm waiting to see what Alan Dean Foster's um, signature line is going to look like because he has not done um, an appearance in our neck of the woods for a while, and we're very excited because he he's a grandmaster author and, and 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 it's and he's he's everyone who who sees his name. On our on our materials is like ooh, and yeah. several members of our committee have already said how many books will he sign? I got about seven or eight of them, <laughs> <laughs> and I said I think he will sign them all. You might have to get in line a couple of times, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he he's another one. He's willing to just come and and visit and and thank, and it's it's their way of thanking their readers and their their fans who like what they do and, 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 they, and get feedback and just enjoy the fact that people enjoy what they've done because being a writer or an actor or a podcast or even a podcaster, it's, it can be a lonesome thing. It's you and I talking on the phone right. and you put, you put your product out to the world. And, and so the feedback often comes at, you know, after the fact and sometimes years after the fact, when you finally get that chance to, say hello to someone whose books you've loved. I myself have a copy of Splinter of the Mind's Eye somewhere that I gotta dig out. And oh, I have my copy too somewhere. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's in my bookcase because it's one of those books I would never, ever, ever have gotten rid of because I just loved it too much. And I'm 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 very much looking forward to uh, again seeing what you know, seeing Alan in action <laughs> nice. with, with, with with his readers. Nice. And then Sunday, it's, I don't want to say it's more of the same, but it's all the program tracks are going. And, but of course, different activities um, each day. We are having, we have game shows each day. Saturday, we have the Cosmic Game Show with a dear friend, Diane Sehar, who always comes up with a new game show every single year. And again, with, with lovely prizes and her lovely assistance. <laughs> and this year, because last last couple of years it's been so popular in one of the side rooms, she's got the main stage this year. And Dean Rogers on Sunday morning is doing uh, his new Sci-Fi Squares game show. And he, he debuted it at Shore Leave uh, a year or two ago, and it was very popular, so he's going to bring it to Farpoint. And so that will be on Sunday morning. And, of course, we have our, our beloved friends, Bob Greenberger and Howie Weinstein and Peter David and Michael Jen Friedman and Keith DeCandido. I mentioned that those, those um, authors specifically because they have been with Farpoint pretty much since the beginning, back when it was October Trek. And they come every single year, regardless. They all are so generous with their time. They will do whatever we ask them to do. And are just just they're just a big part of the family, and a special shout out to our very beloved Mark Oakland, the creator of the Klingon language. He comes, and another one. He doesn't even we don't even have to invite him anymore. He just buzzes one of us and says, "What's the dates again?" <laughs> nice. <laughs> and over the last couple of years, he has even taken over um, and and seen from our main ballroom stage during the day. And it's not a question of if he's coming; it's just a question of when he's getting there. Right, right. And awesome. and and it's and we're just we're just again very blessed and lucky to have so much entertainment. Uh, we do have a lot of live entertainment this year, which is exciting because even beyond the game shows, which we're actually we actually have three this year, and uh, just live performers sharing their talent. The Boogie Nights, of course, another staple of what we do. A Sci-Fi Diner Live podcast, exciting. Um, uh, Jonah Knight and Insane Ian, who are both very popular and very, very talented individuals, will come. And and Ian, of course, is is uh, the Weird Al of um, <laughs> the right. Weird Al of science fiction of the science fiction arena. And then Jonah does just some beautiful original songs in, on. on steampunk and supernatural and, and monsters and 
uh, just really lovely things. And we're actually going to have him in our con suite, which is a, a, our nice uh, snack room hospitality suite off of the main atrium. It's a, it's a quieter place with lots of comfy furniture to sit down, have a snack and a drink, and listen to some music or have a visit with people. And it worked really nicely last year to have some live entertainment and a couple of panels in there throughout the weekend. And, and it works out really nicely. And, again, they're all coming to, to share their talents with us. Yeah, absolutely. And we, th- we, thank, them, we thank them all very much. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Well, Sharon, we do got to get going here, but uh, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, schedule just to chat with us. And can you remind our listeners again, right before we go, if people want to find out more information about the Farpoint Con, where can they do that? Uh, well, we are on, uh, of course, on the internet. Our website is farpointcon.com. We are on Twitter at, at farpointcon and on Facebook at Farpoint Convention. I will point uh, mention that uh, our Facebook page, every single day, we are putting up a quick blurb about something that's happening at the convention to let people know of all the uh, cool stuff happening and so that they can prepare for some things and make sure they mark them on their calendar. A quick shout-out, we just booked the Batmobile. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the Batmobile will be there. You can take your own picture at absolutely no charge. Or you can get a professional picture done for a small charge. Will they will they have that? Will they have that in the um, in the atrium area? It will be right outside of the secondary um, entrance, not the main lobby entrance, but down to the left. You'll be able to see it from the main entrance, the secondary entrance by where our concession stand is. Oh yes, in the main hallway. Yeah, it will be right there, and and he will be there uh, Friday to Saturday and Sunday. Nice, awesome, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us, Sharon. We really appreciate you coming on the diner to talk about Farpoint Con. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, you and Miles and the gang in in a little bit less than a month. Awesome. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about, or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at scifidinerpodcast.com.